Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This episode of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast is brought to you by Hunter Killer. Hunter Killer is an immersive murder mystery game told over the course of six episodes or boxes. Each box is filled with different clues and physical items such as autopsy reports, witness statements, and more. You'll use these clues to solve the ongoing murder mystery. You can sign up today by visiting truecrimeneverslipspodcast.com slash huntakiller. Thank you and enjoy the episode. On an all-new season of True Crime Never Sleeps podcast, we dive in to the unsolved disappearance of young Charlie Ross. Welcome to the all-new True Crime Never Sleeps podcast with your host, Larry Lease. Join us every week this season as we dive into the life and crimes of serial killers from the butcher baker, Robert Hansen, to the Golden State Killer, Joseph D'Angelo. Hello and welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast, the show that dives into the world of true crime. I'm your host, Larry Lease, and today we're going to talk about the kidnapping of young Charlie Ross. We'll discuss the dark story behind the quote, Don't take candy from strangers. And yes, why you or your child should not take sweet words from a stranger as granted. Today we bring you a harrowing true crime story of Charles Brewster, the primary victim of the first American kidnapping for ransom. No doubt this received widespread media coverage as this was the first of its kind, but fate played its role in another way. His fate remains unknown, and his case is one of the most famous disappearances in U.S. history. We wanted to make sure you saw it. It's one of those stories that lingers in the mind, particularly for parents. Have your parents ever said, don't take candy from strangers? Well, today's episode has something to deal with those words. Little Charlie Ross, the first missing child to make national headlines, made that mistake. Yes, unfortunately he did it, and that changed his life, not only his, but his entire family's life. The Gilded Age kidnapping became the forerunner of sensational child abductions that transfixed the nation. It all started in the summer of 1874, when two men in a horse-drawn buggy pulled into an affluent neighborhood in Philadelphia. They befriended two little boys who were playing in front of their stately home, in part by giving them candy. For five days in a row, four-year-old Charlie Ross and his six-year-old brother Walter chatted with the pair. It all seemed normal on July 1st, 1874. The men pulled up as usual, 
but this time they offered to take the boys to buy candy and fireworks for the upcoming Independence Day holiday, and the boys agreed. After driving away, the men sent Walter into a shop to buy fireworks. While they stayed with Charlie and the buggy, when Walter came out of the store, the buggy was gone. Several days later, the boy's father, Christian Ross, received the first of 23 ransom letters from the kidnappers demanding $20,000 for Charlie Ross's release. Yes, you heard it right. That is a huge amount of money, especially at those times. Ross's fortune had been greatly diminished by the stock market crash of 1873. He could not afford the ransom, so he went to the police. Detectives searched tirelessly for Charlie. All the roads led to dead ends. They got nowhere. Ross used a personal column in the public ledger to try to communicate with the blackmailers, but to no avail. Theories about the kidnapping circulated. Still, no sign of Charlie. Then, three months later in December, police shot Joseph Douglas and William Mosher during a botched burglary in Brooklyn, New York. Mosher was killed instantly, but as Douglas lay dying, he confessed that the pair had kidnapped Charlie. He told police that Mosher, now dead, had been the only person who knew where Charlie was. Two hours later, he was dead. Police later arrested Mosher's brother-in-law, William Westervelt, a disgraced Philadelphia policeman, and charged him with being part of the kidnapping. While awaiting trial, Westervelt told Ross that Charlie had been alive at the time Mosher was killed. Westervelt beat the kidnapping charges in court, but the jury convicted him of conspiracy. He was sentenced to six years in prison. Ross, meanwhile, kept searching. He wrote a book, The Father's Story of Charlie Ross, The Kidnapping Child, and poured all the profits from the book into the search. Thousands of circulars about the abduction and pictures of Charlie were posted in police stations, railroad stations, post offices, ship ports across the country. Over several decades, the Ross family spent more than $60,000 looking for young Charlie, which included all the available leads and investigating more than a thousand imposters claiming to be the missing child. One of the last and most enduring claims was that of Gustav Blair, a carpenter. In 1939, Arizona court ruled that he was Charlie Ross, after he told the jury that he vaguely remembered being held prisoner in a cave as a small boy, and that the family who had raised him told him that he was a kidnapped victim. After the ruling, he officially changed his name to Charlie Ross and traveled to Pennsylvania, but the Ross family refused to accept him. And there it ends. The kidnapping of little Charlie Ross was one of the most sensational crimes of the late 19th century, yet what really happened to him remains a mystery. But this was a huge celebration to the media at that time. In 1924, newspapers began running stories about the case to coincide with the 50th anniversary of Ross's abduction. By that time, Walter Ross was an adult and was working as a stockbroker. In interviews, he said that he and his three sisters still received letters from middle-aged men claiming to be his brother. And now, let's focus on the aftermath. In 1934, Gustav Blair, the 69-year-old carpenter living in Phoenix, Arizona, petitioned the court to recognize him as the real Charlie Ross. Blair claimed that after he was abducted, he lived in a cave and was eventually adopted by a man who told him he was Charlie Ross. Walter Ross dismissed Blair's claim, calling him a crank, and added, 
The idea that my brother is still alive is not only absurd, but the man's story seems unconvincing. We've long ago given up hope that Charlie ever would be found alive. As Blair's claim went uncontested, the court ruled that Blair was Charles Brewster Ross. In March 1939, despite the ruling, the Ross family refused to recognize Blair as a relative and did not be bequeath him any money or property from their parents' estate. Blair briefly moved to Los Angeles and attempted to sell his life story to a movie studio, but was unsuccessful. He eventually moved to Germantown with his wife before moving back to Phoenix. He died in December 1943, still claiming that he was Charlie Ross. The claim of Gustav Blair as being Charlie Ross has occasionally been reported as false, as descendants said DNA testing showed Blair was actually a man named Nelson Miller. However, no official testing results have ever been reported or released. The case, and in particular the fates of Mosher, Douglas, and Westervelt, served as a deterrent to other potential ransom kidnappers. The common admonition, don't take candy from strangers, is said to have come from Charlie Ross's abduction. The Charlie Project, a major missing persons database, is named for Charlie. With that being said, we come to the end of this week's episode. And I strongly believe you all have understood the dark story that flies across the world about the so-called don't take candy from strangers. Stay safe and catch you all in next week's episode with more thrilling stories. Thank you for listening to this episode of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. If you have any thoughts about this case or what you think happened to Charlie, send us a tweet at truecrimens. Or you can like us on Facebook. Just search True Crime Never Sleeps. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Follow us on Twitter at True Crime NS. Like us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps. Tune in next week for an all-new episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.